it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, there it is. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who is not beating Joe Biden in the polls. But check it out. A new one hot off the presses shows Nikki Haley opening up a six-point lead over the president. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I don't know if it's technically the president, but the guy they claim, the guy they claim is running the country right now. Come on, don't bullshit me. (laughs) Biden facing more fallout after walking out of a White House medal presentation ceremony early, uh, but is now being met with speculation that he may exit the presidential race early due to his sagging approval numbers and the onslaught at the polls from folks like Nikki Haley. It's a mess out there. Biden is such a disaster. It really is. Uh, 888-788-9910 is the phone number. Whether you agree with my sentiments or not, I am not an activist. I am a talk show host. You're welcome to disagree. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. You could be a Libertarian. You could be an Independent. All we ever ask is that you don't be a There it is. Happy Thursday. Big Thursday. A lot going on. Florida Congresswoman Kat Kamek is going to be here. She's going to get us an update on the hurricane relief down in her district and the fact that some Democrats continue to blame it on climate change. Democrats are so full of crap. I mean, really, when it comes to that. But, you know, that's another story for another time. Uh, if you're watching the Failavision, we were on Fox & Friends first this morning. That is posted on the Fox Across America website. Uh, Fox Across America website, also where you can get all that fancy Fox Across America merchandise that you keep reading about in my climate uh, feeds on social media, my climate feeds, my comment feeds on social media. Uh, They released a merch line to support this show, which you got to be honest, is very flattering. Uh, I don't know that any of these clothes actually fit me. That boy is a (laughs) P.I.G. pig. But they'll probably fit you. So if you want to check it out, go to foxacrossamerica.com and give it a go. Uh, But as we get underway right now, on the show, uh, I am with you for the next three hours, and then I will be on the Sean Hannity show tonight, live at 9 p.m. in front of a live studio audience. It is going to be a banger. A good time is going to be had by all, uh, especially if you happen to be in the audience rooting for Nikki Haley, because, man, this is a fascinating one. And uh, I want to start here uh, because if you were listening last week, Nikki Haley was on the show. Uh, she's been on the show a few times. I always enjoy talking to her. She's funny. You know, in the moment, she can joke about music and she makes fun of me and my outfits and everything in between. Uh, but she's gaining a lot of ground in the polls because she had a very strong performance at the first debate. She articulated a winning message for the Republican Party on abortion. She gave Vivek a little summer school about foreign policy. And along the way, she looked, you know, to be honest with you, like, you know, a breakout star from the standpoint of I don't think anyone went into that debate thinking she was going to walk away with this thing. I think most people went into it thinking she was running to be Trump's VP, you know, and if anything, you know, she'd wind up on the ticket if he got the nomination. But now as we sit here right now, okay, 
to be clear, Trump's still holding about a 50-point edge over Nikki Haley in the polls. But we're starting to read reports, number one, that donors are shifting, major donors, from DeSantis to Haley. But the bigger polling that matters is about the general election. So polls show everybody pretty much beating Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden is a terrible president. Tell him like it is. Okay, there's polling out that shows Trump tied with him or beating him. Okay, and there's a poll out today, and this is a CNN poll. Okay, you understand (laughs) CNN, you know, they've been going out of their way to look impartial. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. For sure. Uh, But when it comes to their polling, CNN has a storied history of either oversampling Democrats or misrepresenting national polls. But one way or the other, okay, they do not release polls. You need to know this. This is why Trump always gets screwed in the polls. Very important. Okay. When you were a little kid, when I was a little kid, polls used to come out to reflect public opinion. Hey, this is how people feel. But nowadays, polls actually come out in an effort to shape public opinion. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. And what I mean by that is they want they use polls now to create narratives. Okay, they'd tell you, like, Trump's down 20 points in Wisconsin. Don't even bother voting. The guy's down so much. No chance at 20 20 points. It was made up by these sick people. And that poll wound up being off by 20 points. Trump lost Wisconsin by less than a point. But the polls that were driven to discourage turnout told a different story. It's a blowout. Don't even worry about it. Okay. Do you understand when these polls come out, they're usually trying to shape a narrative that's favorable to the Democrat. But this poll that is out today is not favorable to the Democrat, not even a little bit. Come on, man. Here it is. Okay, according to a CNN poll released today, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, the only GOP presidential candidate who is leading in a hypothetical matchup with President Biden. Poll finds that Haley leads Biden by 49 percent to 43 percent, while every other Republican candidate is either neck and neck with him or right behind him. Okay, Trump and Biden, it's a one point race. This poll says Trump actually has a one point lead, which, again, very, very significant. But what you're seeing here, you know, when you hear two, two out of three Democrats don't want Biden running, 70 percent of the country think we're headed in the wrong direction. What you're seeing here for real is the beginning of the end for Joe Biden. Okay, he could stand his ground. He could stay on the ballot. But I'm telling you because I care. Okay, if you look at the election um, like a restaurant. Okay. Look at the restaurant is any business you want. Okay. 70% of the ratings say it sucks. Do you understand? 70% of the ratings on this presidency say not again. You know, we live in an era where everything in the world gets a sequel. <laughs> According to the polling, not even the Democrats want a sequel when it comes to Joe Biden. Get him out of here. Get him out. Okay, 67 percent of Democrats said they'd like to see the party nominate someone other than Biden. Okay, in March, it was 54 percent, which, again, is significant. It's your own party saying no. Okay, for whatever you think of Trump, understand that at his least popular moment, 90 percent of his party still approved of him. Okay, Donald Trump on the way out the door held the support after a January 6th, which we were told was worse than Vietnam, World War II, and September 11th combined. Donald Trump still left office with an approval rating within his own party that was in the high 80s. 
So you understand, okay, where Joe Biden finds himself is in a very unprecedented situation. Only 33 percent of his party wants him to stick around. Thirty three percent. The rest of them are done with the guy. Okay, so that's, you know, it's troubling whether he stays on the ticket and gets his ass handed to him. Or they've just greased the skids to get him out the door. Okay, you're watching the beginning of the end of Biden. Like what I'm saying to you is there won't be a second Biden term. And that's a good thing for him because he's in no capacity to do it. Okay, we all saw the video this week. It's kind of like, listen, it's kind of heartbreaking because you feel bad for him given the position he's in. But it's heartbreaking for the country that this is what we're being led by. We have a president now who is putting the Medal of Honor on a recipient, gets the medal around his neck. And to be clear, everybody's just thankful Biden put the medal around the guy's neck and not his own because we don't know how it's going to go. We have a president that is clearly not all there. But then mid-ceremony, he just leaves. That's, and that is a Biden thing, and it's not new. Okay, we've seen this out of Biden before. He's the only guy we know who quits talking in the middle of a sentence because he's finished. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Okay, that's not normal. Okay, this isn't normal either. You know the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with uh, with uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, it's heartbreaking, and the fact that we're even having these conversations, you understand. This is this is the part that drives me nuts. I was on Fox and Friends first this morning. Okay. The story we were talking about was Biden wandering out of the medal ceremony. So he puts the Medal of Honor around the gentleman's neck and just leaves like he's got somewhere he's got to be. And I don't think he might have heard an ice cream truck. You don't know. But he's gone. OK. With a straight face, Nikki Haley is uh, Nikki Haley. Corrine Jean-Pierre asked about this at the podium yesterday. And with a straight face, she says it was planned. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Do you remember that scene in Pee Wee's Big Adventure where he's riding his bike and he tumbles over the handlebars, does like three barrel rolls and lands in front of a couple of kids and he goes, I meant to do that. <laughs> That's cur- No, no, we meant to do that. Here's Kareen Jean-Pierre, okay, saying this, this meant to happen. We wanted this to happen. No, no, time was when you have an event at the White House, mid-moment, mid-event, the president just leaves. That's what he does. I mean, who could ever forget? Could ever forget when FDR said, the only thing we have to fear. And then he just left. It was weird. He didn't complete the sentence, right? Do you remember when? <laughs> this is crazy. When JFK was like, uh, you know, ask not what your country can do for you and then got to go. And he just left. Okay. The reality is, okay, when we're having these conversations, Okay, that's already a problem. It's not normal for us to be looking at the president of the United States and having arguments over whether or not he meandered out of a meeting early on purpose or not on purpose. The point is he's not supposed to do it either way. Okay, then the argument becomes he wasn't shaking hands with invisible people. He was pointing. Oh, But the issue is not the hand gesture. The issue is the fact that there's nobody there. (laughs) 
I don't care if you're fist bumping an invisible person. I don't care if you're shaking hands with an invisible person. It doesn't matter if you're doing a soul shake, a bro hug. The point is, there's nobody there. That's the issue. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. Here is KJP trying to make the case. This is all part of the plan. Clip nine. And he left as planned, as it was planned. Uh, He left uh, when there was a pause in the program in order to minimize to minimize his close contact with attendees uh, who are uh, who are about to participate in a reception. And uh, as you all reported that, noticed that he left uh, uh, when there was a pause in the program because, again, he wanted to minimize uh, certainly uh, uh, his impact on folks who were there. Oh, shut up, woman. I mean, that is, I'm, to be clear. That was embarrassing. Okay, understand this. Let's just deconstruct what you just said. So KJP says, no, no, he left. It was planned. It was planned that he would leave because he didn't want to expose anyone else to COVID, given that Jill had gotten COVID, you know, like you do after you've been vaxxed and boosted two times. Four COVID shots gets you COVID. That's the goal. You know, when you get a vaccine, like I know when I got the polio vaccine as a little kid, I was like, now promise me I'm going to get polio at least twice, Doc. (laughs) Like, what is going on? There's so much insanity in our world right now, and we're embracing this as if it's normal. You know the old adage about the frog doesn't actually feel the bo- the water boiling until it's so hot it's about to kill him? Like, that's our country right now, okay? We're debating this stuff as if it's normal. It's not normal to have a debate about whether the president left early, okay? Because presidents didn't leave early in the middle of a Medal of Honor ceremony while the guy was crying. Okay, it's not normal for a president to get lost leaving the stage. It's not normal for a president to quit talking in the middle of a sentence because he's done. It's not normal for a president to say God saved the queen a year after she died. It's not normal for him to say we cured cancer this year. It's not normal for him to talk to Jackie Walorski, the late great Indiana congresswoman who died a year before he called out to her to bill signing. This is not normal. And the fact that we're even having a debate shows you how far gone we are. It's like you can defend whether you think he left on purpose or not. But the fact remains we're having this conversation because we're in an uncharted water. Okay, the engine is running, but there's nobody behind the wheel. So you dig when she says, well, he, you know, you got to understand he he left early. He didn't want to expose people to covid. Dude, he was there without his mask on. So he had already exposed them all to covid. There's no world where this was, oh, defense wins championships. We'll get up there. We'll throw the mask on the whole time. We'll take it off for a quick second, do the mask, get the hell out of there. We don't want anybody to get COVID, okay? First of all, the mask doesn't work, so you shouldn't be wearing it. But second of all, okay, he had already walked around with the mask off, coughed into his hand, wiped his face, not to mention the fact that the Medal of Honor recipient is sitting there with his own mask on while Biden is unmasked as the guy who's supposedly been exposed to COVID. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Okay, I mean, listen, man, here's a little more KJP. She explains why the mask was off. It's clip eight. The president took off his mask, uh, as I said he would, to deliver incredibly powerful remarks about this captain, Captain Taylor, uh, and what he did in service to our our nation. And he wanted to honor uh, the captain. And for a brief time afterwards, he also uh, didn't have his mask on, as you just laid out. You are so full of shit. Now, the president took his mask off, number one, because he never should have had it on, okay? But number two, he took his mask off for the same reason he left early. He can't follow directions because he doesn't know what state he's in. Introducing Dementia by Calvin Klein. Dementia. 
A fragrance that treats everybody like royalty. God save the queen, man. Dementia is bottled exclusively at the White House, but how they do it is anybody's guess. The best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. One whiff and all the ladies will want you, dead or alive. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. Bold. We're changing people's lives. Affordable. Pay them more. Confusing. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to foot him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me. Dementia by Calvin Klein. Now selling at the White House and coming soon to Nash County, excuse me. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Talking about Nikki Haley. She got a shout-out from Joe Biden yesterday for the first time. Uh, Biden, of course, was speaking at the White House. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did, and he started to call out Nikki Haley's education policy for sticking up for kids. Here she is clapping back, clip 31. I don't think that this should be Republican or Democrat. And the reason why I bring that up is Joe Biden just attacked me saying that I was being a MAGA extremist for doing an event with Moms for Liberty. And if Joe Biden thinks I'm being a MAGA extremist for being a mom for liberty, then count me as one of them. Because we have to be extreme when it comes to our kids. Whoa, there you go. And she's not wrong. But the reason I play the clip, the reason I highlight the exchange, as you understand, Biden hasn't mentioned her once in any of his events up until yesterday. The reason that is significant, as you understand, every word that comes out of Joe Biden's mouth is scripted. Okay, doesn't always go the way they scripted it for him. You know that I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. But Joe Biden, when he gets out there to speak to the public, is reading off a teleprompter in the largest font allowable by law. And everything that comes out of his mouth is focus grouped by political strategists. So if he's talking about you, it's because the political strategists have noticed you've become a significant threat. A month ago, he was mentioning DeSantis and Trump in every speech. And I'm going to beat him, Bob. Wrong. Okay, but now, okay, you don't really get much mention of DeSantis, but you're starting to get mention of Nikki Haley. And it's not an honest mention either when he calls her a MAGA extremist for supporting moms, which can only mean one thing. Oh, Lordy Lord, he's desperate. He sure is. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. 
He's an old guy Has dementia Can't lead us And the country is screwed Tell some big lies Barely speaks English Sniffs children And their mom's hair too Goes the wrong way When he leaves his speeches Gets lost each day In the White House yard All the Dems say That we should re-elect him How can he run When walking is hard And There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, 888-788-9910. We're singing about Joe Biden uh, because, man, oh, boy, oh, man, I know that's a you know tongue-in-cheek song parody about him tripping on stage and falling off his bicycle and everything in between, uh, but he is also falling in the polls, and this is crazy stuff. The poll out today has Nikki Haley beating him by six points. Uh, and this coincides with a poll that says nobody wants him running. That was a Wall Street Journal poll. Here is Peter Ducey asking Kareem Jean-Pierre about it. Clip 34. Why do you think it is that in a Wall Street Journal poll, two-thirds of Democrats think President Biden is too old to run again? Look, here's what I know. Here's what I can speak to. I can speak to that a president who has wisdom. I can speak to a president who has experience. I can speak to a president who has done uh, historic has taken historic action and has delivered in historic pieces of legislation. And that's important. Uh, man, oh boy, oh man. You are lying your ass off. You really are. Why? Okay. Because there's nothing he's that the man has experience. Yeah. So did the captain of the Titanic. <laughs> he definitely had experience by the time he reached the bottom of the ocean. You know, give me a break. Uh, if 70% of the country thinks we're headed in the wrong direction, 70% of the country thinks the guy's too old to run. And we're debating what the reason was for him absentmindedly wandering out of a medal presentation ceremony, which is, oh, I don't know, just the hundredth debate we've had this year about whether or not he's all there. The man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. This is not a thing. This is the problem, okay, if you follow politics day in and day out, okay, things kind of get normalized to you. Okay, and I don't like the phrase normalize because it came around in the era of social pressure and cancel culture and all of that ridiculousness where they could be like, we can't have this person on TV. We're normalizing hate like that was the big knock on Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon, who at the time was the king of late night, he was kicking Colbert's ass. No surprise. I mean, Stephen Colbert about as funny as an orphanage on fire on Christmas Day. Uh, But Jimmy Fallon, who was then the reigning king of late night, had Donald Trump on uh, and mussed his hair, messed it up on TV in the run up to the 2020 election. And everybody on the left was like, he's normalizing Donald Trump by having him on his NBC show and playing with his hair. You can't normalize hate like that. Uh, Hello. Donald Trump had been on NBC for 15 straight seasons leading up to that appearance. I think he's got a point. He had already been normalized 
is the point. Correct the mundo. But it was just a term they brought out because every time they reconfigure the language, it gives them a new lane of attack. That's what it is. You can't be normalizing. You're not normalizing this thing. It was already normal. Okay, if a guy's on NBC, a legacy media network for 15 years, he's not exactly some fringe outlier broadcasting out of a shed. But that's how they treat it. So I don't love terms like normalize, but I guess a better way to say it in terms of politics is get used to. Okay, we have gotten used to these debates surrounding Joe Biden. But if you venture outside the world of politics, people who are in regular talk, you know, sports coverage, entertainment, it's not lost on them either. Like it's starting to pop up on the radar of other people. Here's Stephen A. Smith. Okay, and I'll tell you a funny story about Stephen A. Smith. You've probably heard me mention it before. I met him a few times doing Hannity, and we've enjoyed talking sports in the green room at Hannity and, you know, kind of talking about current events. But Lincoln and I at home, we impersonate Stephen A. Smith constantly. He sends me his videos, and we just talk to each other like Stephen A. Smith. It's like a thing. Like Lincoln will call me up and be like, Jimmy Buckets is coming for you. The man's coming to take you out. What you going to do, brother? What you going to do? We do that. We just laugh at each other because we like we find Stephen A. Smith to be hilarious. But here he is talking about Joe Biden and whether or not it would be hilarious to run him again. Uh, I don't believe he thinks so. Clip 36. In the case of Biden, clearly he doesn't seem to be as cogent and as lucid as we would like him to be. My bigger point was this. It is a disgrace for the Democratic Party to call themselves progressives when they're virtually begging an 82-year-old man at election time to run for re-election. That is the point that I was making. You're supposed to be progressive, right? You're supposed to be moving forward. You're supposed to be thinking forward. You're supposed to be being innovative and younger and all of this other stuff. And you're leaning on the hopes and the prayers of an 82-year-old who would be Joe Biden. He's 80 right now. He'd be going 81. He'll be 82 at the time of re-election if that were to happen. To depend on him is an indictment against the Democratic Party. I admire your honesty. Good for him, because that is not that is not a popular thing to say over in the woke-topia that is ESPN. Are you kidding? Half the staff heard that and was like, He should be behind bars! Lock him up, Stephen A. You can't say that stuff, but you can if you're Stephen A. Okay, because his thing is he doesn't give a and he doesn't have to. Okay, good for him. But the point is, he's right. The idea that the Democrats were the party of the youth. They're the ones telling us, you know, the country always needs new blood. Okay, they literally mean new blood. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. No, no, we need new blood. Can we get a couple of pints for the president? He's 106. It's embarrassing. And it's like you can pretend in the world of politics this is no big deal. Because on the left, you're like, no, stop it. It's just Republicans trying to get you mad at Biden. And on the right, you can be like, no, no, this guy actually has like some kind of dementia and uh, it's not good for the country. But regardless of what side of the spectrum you fall on, OK, the people who want to harm this place, like, you know, China, that's now encroaching around Taiwan, Russia, that's invaded Ukraine. OK, all of the people in the Taliban who are now selling our weapons. <laughs> we left eighty five billion dollars worth of our own weapons behind enemy lines when we fled and handed Afghanistan back to the Taliban 20 years after we went there to take them out of power. How's that for a victory? Uh, Understand, none of those people are forming an opinion of Joe Biden based on anything we say. Okay, they're forming an opinion based on their own assessments. They watch the same videos you do. Kareem Jean-Pierre can get on TV 
And she can say, ah, no, he meant to leave the meeting early. But they know he didn't mean to leave the meeting early because they watched everybody in the room look at him and go, what the hell is he doing? Because they watched the closing song play 10 minutes after he left. They know he wasn't there to minimize the spread of COVID, so he left early because he was there with no mask on to begin with. Okay, touching his face, breathing all over himself and standing nose to nose with everybody in the room. So he had already exposed everybody to COVID. You understand? So people form their own assessments. And that's also one of the reasons why we're starting to get this chit chat about things like a president, Kamala Harris. No, God, no, God, please. No, no, no. But I'm telling you the truth. One of the reasons Nikki Haley is surging. Okay, obviously she came on the show. She did good twice. That's obviously a a huge deal for anybody uh, who's going to be in the presidential campaign. That is a fact check false. All right, fair. Tried it. I gave it a shot. (laughs) I gave it a shot. But one of the reasons Nikki Haley is surging for real, though, is because she's telling the truth. She's cutting to the heart of something the other Republican candidates aren't, which is that a vote for Joe Biden is a vote for a president, Kamala Harris. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha ha! Here it is. Okay. Here's Nikki talking about it, clip 30. Look, you should be worried. I would stomp all over Joe Biden. I would call Kamala Harris out like I've been calling, calling Kamala Harris out. But everybody needs to know, this is really me running against Kamala Harris for president. That's who we're looking at. That should send a chill up everyone's spine. That's why Americans need to care about what happens in this primary. Okay, she's not wrong. Okay, statistically, I'm not wishing anything bad on the president. They're already doing the bad stuff to him by making him be president. Are you watching this poor guy? But understand, okay, statistically, there's a one in four chance that he won't live to the end of his term, okay, let alone serve in a cognitive position, okay? He's not in a position of cognitive function right now as we speak, okay, as you look at him right now. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the the, the phone. Okay, the guy's a mess. Okay, and I I don't begrudge him that. I I wish him the best of luck in his retirement, but his retirement's coming. But one of the reasons Nikki is surging is she's speaking to these realities head on. Okay, all the other Republicans are out. This is exactly what they're doing, just so we're clear. Okay, in the Republican primary right now, everybody that's on the ticket, everybody, um, everybody, Vivek, Pence, DeSantis, Christie, Asa Hutchinson, everybody in the race, I'm telling you this because I care. Okay, they're all hoping Trump goes to jail. He knows what he's talking about. All of them. They want him to go to jail. They want him to be found at the very least guilty and incapacitated legally from running again. They do. I'm telling you because I care. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. A great eye, because this is what's going on. They all want Trump's support, but they don't want to criticize him head on because they can't. They can't hope to keep his base right now. If you step out right now, you're like, ah, Trump should be in jail. He's the worst. Screw him. Okay. Every single Trump voter is going to declare a fatwa on you and hate you and never vote for you. And it's going to crush turnout in the general, and it's going to be impossible for you to win the general. Okay. Everyone running knows that. So they don't want to step out and criticize Trump, not that they agree with what's happening to them. They all think it's a political persecution, but they're hoping he'll go away so they don't have to, like, try to make him go away. They want to hold on. They want to retain his support. 
unfortunately, if their true goal is to win the nomination, they're never going to get a chance to win this thing. You need to step out and carve out a lane for yourself that confronts what you're up against head on. And I don't even necessarily mean Trump. Okay, but when it comes to Biden, they talk about the bad job Biden's doing or running. Their plan to fix it is just every one of Trump's policies, which, again, doesn't really distinguish you from what you're competing against. So where Nikki Haley has found a legit niche, okay, is in speaking a hard, honest truth about Biden and the fact that he probably won't serve out his term. Ergo, they're all running against Kamala. Nobody else had the mind to think of that as a strategist. And to be honest with you, it's the truth for every single person who's running. Okay, it's just whether you know, no matter who you are, if you're DeSantis, it doesn't matter. Okay, you're running against Kamala because, for all intents and purposes, if Biden wins re-election, there's a about a ninety percent chance Kamala is going to step in at some point. Okay, just given what we know about actuary tables, but the fact that no one had the presence of mind to thread that needle is what's also helping her make a surge. She's being able to tell blunt force truths that other people have just managed to, I don't know, not recognize, not assess, not say. So whoever the political strategists are in these other campaigns, like a lot of them deserve to be fired because this should be an on, you know, an obvious lane of attack. It's like when you're writing a joke about something. OK, say we're going to write a joke about something. You write down the topic and then you write down every single angle about the topic that we know that could potentially be funny. OK, you're making fun of a person. How do they dress? How do they speak? What's their hair look like? What future projects are they working on? What did they work on? OK, what are they known for? What's something they've said to me in the past? That's how you write jokes. OK, when you're running against somebody, it's the same thing. You write them down, and then you focus group all the angles of attack. Okay, what are his past policies? What will it look like if he wins again? What's he doing now? How's he talk? How's he all that stuff? So for whatever reason, when they mapped out Joe Biden, all of these high-paid D.C. political strategists that are making millions of dollars, millions of dollars, none of them managed to focus on the reality that a vote for Joe is a vote for Kamala. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fired. They all should be. OK, because she's not lying. She's not fear mongering. She's telling you the truth. OK, it's not lost on Michael. He's in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Michael. Mike. Hey, Jimmy, how are you, buddy? Great to talk to you. Better now. Carlisle, Pennsylvania. You trading auto parts at the old Carlisle swap meet? <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm hauling some chemicals up there, but, you know, let's you not are. get into that. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but what, I know you're, you're hauling chemicals, but what are you doing for work? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, your buddy, Nikki Haley, let me tell you, uh, I love what she said. She, she, said, she has said one of the most uh, uh, quotes that stands out in my head recently, and I know you know it. She said, the Senate is the most privileged nursing home in the country. <laughs> now, let me tell you, that takes some cojones yep. to say that, Jimmy. Don't you agree? Oh, no, big time, because you need the support of those people, because a lot of the people in that nursing home are the ones that control the fundraising. You know, yeah. the McConnells, the Pelosi's of the world. Yes. No, she and, ha- and she- just mm-hmm. and, and just like you were saying, she's just saying some plain truths that we're all going. Yeah, that's right. Yep. But she's willing to say it. Yeah, that, that's that's gutsy. I'm telling you. And the, th- the fact that she's a woman makes her very dangerous in the general election because a lot of the tricks the Democrats run about race and women, you can't really run. 
you know? So exactly. I think people are starting to realize, like, she's a better option than anybody gave her credit for. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see where this goes. I mean, I know there's a lot of campaign left to run and there's early voting and all of that stuff. But uh, she's got guts. I guess you said cojones. I can't say cojones on the air, but she's got some pair of balls, doesn't she? Good stuff, Michael. Great to talk to you, Jimmy. God have a, bless. Have a great day, my man. There he goes. There we go. Back after this. The show that solves problems the old-fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America. Listen to this Joe Scarborough clip. Just a weapons-grade jackass. This is him complaining that the Republicans bash the elections that they lose and destroy democracy. Hello, 2016, anyone? As I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. <laughs> Here it is. Listen to this. Clip 32. This is not just conservatism versus radicalism. This is democracy versus anti-democracy. I don't think we've had as clear a cut difference between the parties. Well, certainly not in my lifetime. And I would suggest we'd probably have to go back to the Civil War to find two parties so at odds as these two parties right now, because one literally wants to end the democratic experiment. If you look at the person who's running. Oh, man. You are so full of shit. Is, is anyone saying we can't vote? The answer would be no. We're ending the Democrat experiments. The answer would be no. No. And never mind. This is all based on what? Trump saying the election was rigged. I can play you an eight hour montage of Democrats saying the election is rigged. So when you see Joe Scarborough out there making these performative points, it's like, fine, if you're going to make him, it's America, we have free speech, but at least put on a pair of size 28 shoes if you're going to be a clown like that. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet your sweet behind it is. And we are back in action. It's a big Thursday episode of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. One of my buddies, Kat Kamek, superstar congressman from the great state of Congresswoman from the great state of Florida, coming by to join us in this hour. And we'll get in some you and me time at 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of this audio safe space for cool people. I say this all the time. It's what we've done. It's what we've created here on this show. Okay, it's good old fashioned. It's like the year is 1987. You can agree to disagree. Do you remember the good old days? You say, I don't know. We'll agree to disagree. We can't settle this. But you could like still be friends. It's Miller time. Nowadays, for guy who agree to disagree. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. People, are you kidding me? We've become a bunch of fat screaming children. Mom, that guy doesn't vote the way I do. I want him out of here. Cancel him. Ban the sponsors. We're not doing that here. This is a good old-fashioned talk. We just talk. Okay, nobody's trying to hurt you. Nobody cares. It's America. You live in the greatest country in the world. You have American privilege. Just shut up and enjoy it. You hit the lottery. If you're listening to this show, you have hit the lottery by virtue of the fact that you were born here. Freedom! That's it. So that's all we do every day on the show. We take the issue seriously. We do not 
take ourselves seriously at all. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Boom. There it is. So I'll tell you, wait, hold on a second. I'll piggyback off that soundbite. Okay. You know what I can't dig for real, though? I cannot dig the climate crowd right now. They're crazy. Okay, but it's bigger than that. It's not that they're crazy. It's that a lot of them are full of Okay, anytime there's a movement out there, okay, that's trying to get you to support it by pressuring you, okay, it's because they don't have the facts on their side. You know the old adage, when you have the facts, pound the facts. If you have nothing, pound the table. Okay, when it comes to climate change, okay, all they ever do, all they ever do is pound the table. Put up or shut up. They'll never shut up because it pays really well. So what they do instead is they get out there and scream and yell at you. You know, you got to do this. You're destroying the earth, my future, the grandkids, all that jazz. Okay. And then what do they do? They pass around the collection plate at the end of the gloom and doom sermon. Please give us money. That's all the climate crowd is. They're doomsday preachers. Doomsday preachers that are making money hand over fist. Money, 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 money. Listen to this one. They played this on the five yesterday. And uh, it just caught my eye. I was writing. It's in a notebook working on some stand-up stuff. I had the five on in the background. I always feel better about my old comedy chops after watching a few minutes of Gutfeld. Like, phew, at least I'm better than that. But uh, stick with me. Here we are, okay, on the five yesterday. This is uh, Democrats just discussing climate change. I just want you to hear it. Okay, just hear it. Form your own reaction. Form your own opinion to it. I don't want to tell you how to feel about it, but I'll tell you what I think when it's over. The world is going to end in 12 years if we don't address climate change. It is clear The clock is not just ticking, it is banging. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs. Climate change is the crisis of our lifetime. We have an obligation to future generations. Just as the climate crisis is man-made, it's a scientific accepted fact around the world. (laughs) (laughs) John Kerry at the end is the greatest because he's like, yeah, just as climate change is man-made, It's a fact accepted around the world. But it's not. Do you understand? So we're running with social pressure and we're running with guilt. We're all going to die. The clock's not ticking. It's pounding. Yet every single one of them want you to believe we're in a climate emergency. Yet none of them, nobody you heard in that montage, follows their own guidance. Al Gore, who said you got to cut down on your emissions, you know, it's an inconvenient truth. The world's ending. The polar bears are going to drown. Okay, his Tennessee mansion has an electric bill that makes the Las Vegas Strip look Amish. Okay, John Kerry flying everywhere in a private jet. Now in his defense, he can't fly commercial. You see him in person, you think it's the horse from Mr. Ed. But every one of them, the Kamala's of the world, all of them. Ah, the world's going to end. AOC gets in there. We're all going to die. AOC is a dope. World's going to be fine. Okay. But I bring this up today. Why? Because Kat Kamek, who's going to join us, is dealing with a hurricane down in Florida. Now, here's a news flash. You might not know this if you watch mainstream media, uh, but they've been having hurricanes in Florida for quite some time. Uh, They actually have something called hurricane season because it is that common for hurricanes to strike that region of the country, unfortunately. And while we're in the aftermath of this hurricane, similar to the aftermath of the Maui disaster, we're being told by Democrats 
that these disasters were caused by climate change. That is a lie. Now, do we have any facts to support climate change causing any of this? The answer would be no. Of course not. And we now know in Maui it was human error that exacerbated the fires that broke out there and made them exponentially worse and had nothing to do with climate change. In Florida, nothing to do with climate change. The storm that hit Idalia down in Florida, thankfully, did not turn out to be half as bad as we thought it was going to be. Now, we were told in the moments before it struck land, ah, oh, climate change, this is why we're bracing. See everybody evacuating? Get used to these images because of climate change. That's what's going on, I'm telling you. Shut up! Will you shut up? But let me ask you a question. When the storm didn't amount to what they said it would, did they then turn around and say, oh, well, the climate change must have saved them? Of course not. Okay, all they're doing with climate change is they're piggybacking on emotion. That's how it works. That's the grift. They're appealing to a group of people, many of whom are decent people. I don't doubt there are left-wing people who believe in climate change that genuinely want to help the world. I don't believe, I don't doubt that, and I commend that. Okay, but they're being preyed upon by these doomsday prophets who keep telling them the world's going to end unless we act now. you got to protest, go throw a can of soup on a painting, glue your hand to the runway, <laughs> think they were doing on the other side of the world, go bottle up traffic, get their attention, no more fossil fuels. And then give me a bunch of money, and I'm going to fly out of here in a jet powered by fossil fuels. Pay up, suckers. But the reason I bring all of this up is this grift is going on, and they're trying to weaponize emotion in those immediate moments preceding and following a natural disaster. Okay? It's called a natural disaster, not called a man-made disaster. A tornado is a natural disaster. A hurricane is a natural disaster. And it's been called a natural disaster forever because here's a newsflash. They're not being caused by humans. Oh! If humans could cause hurricanes, humans would be able to stop hurricanes. Bingo. Can humans stop hurricanes? The answer would be no. How about tornadoes? The answer would be no. I don't know. Any luck on earthquakes? No, none at all. Okay. The answer would be no. It's a little slow on that one. I think he's getting tired of this routine. I got Obama. He's not used to working very hard. Don't be thick, all right? But the point is, okay. It's a grift, and it's a grift designed to prey on two things. One, emotional people. It's two, a manufactured scientific consensus, like the vaccine consensus. Do you remember when they were like, oh, you got to get the vaccine because the vaccine stops transmission, and that's why you got to get the vaccine because if you get the vaccine, you can't get COVID. <laughs> the science agrees, they said. And then everyone who got the vaccine got COVID. Dude, thousands of vaccinated people died. Okay, did that happen with the polio vaccine, the measles, the mumps? Any? No. no, that's the point. Jill Biden sitting here right now. She's had four COVID vaccines and two cases of COVID. Trust me, that is not the definition of a working vaccine. Nobody went in to get a polio vaccine and was like, now you promise I'm going to get polio at least two times after I get this vaccine, right? You promise? Yet the Democrats are out there after someone who's been vaccinated four times and gotten COVID twice, and they're like, it's working! <laughs> Straight clown stuff. But they manufacture consensus. How? By getting scientists to endorse these narratives. This is a breaking story. This is why they were talking about climate change on The Five yesterday, and we're talking about it today. A climate scientist admitted, admitted, admitted to editing a climate paper so it would fit the pre-approved narrative of the publisher. 
And what that means is they said, we're not going to publish your piece unless it reflects one very specific opinion on climate change. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit. But that's what they did. And why? Why does the publication want that sensibility? Because that is the sensibility that belongs to the donors that bankroll the publication. Money, 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 money. Okay, when people are funding a publication, okay, from the outside. It's a scientific publication, okay? They're funding it because they want it to arrive at certain conclusions. It's not, hey, we're a bunch of climate people. Do us a favor. Here's a half a billion. Just go study climate change. Publish whatever the hell you want. No, that's not how it works. It's, hey, here's a half a billion. Make sure you do everything you can to advance the narrative that men are complicating the climate and destroying the planet so then we can make back our $500 billion plus, okay, off re-engineering economies around the world to accommodate the climate narrative. Bingo, man, bingo. So let me read this to you, because this is what went on. This is real stuff. This is the world you live in if you're a climate person, okay? Love you, boo. You're not my enemy. I'm not mad at you. I don't care if you disagree with me. If you want to call in right now and, and kick my butt up and down the block on this one, I don't need to be right. I'm just a talk show host. I'm just leading the conversation, okay? So happy to be wrong. If you got the facts, bring them on, man. Shoot them out of a T-shirt gun. Pow! Hit me right in the arm. I'm bruised. Look at me. Okay, so here it is. Following the publication of his paper, studying the impact of climate change on wildfires in nature, Dr. Patrick T. Brown said he left out the full results of his studies to ensure its place in the prestigious journal. Huh. The paper I just published, Climate Warming Increases Extreme Daily Wildfire Growth Risk in California, focuses exclusively on how climate change has affected extreme wildfire behavior. I knew not to try to quantify key aspects other than climate change in my research because it would dilute the story that prestigious journals like Nature and its rival Science want to tell. This is what he wrote for the free press. He continues, this matters because it is critically important for scientists to be published in high-profile journals. In many ways, they are the gatekeepers for career success in academia. And the editors of these journals have made it abundantly clear, both by what they publish and what they reject, that they want climate papers that support certain pre-approved narratives, even when those narratives come at the expense of broader knowledge for society. Okay, so what he's saying is they don't want comprehensive studies, even if those studies are going to get us to the truth, because it contradicts their narrative. That's not right. No. Okay. He also noted that scientists looking to publish in journals are discouraged from recommending practical solutions, such as employing practical adaptation measures like stronger, more resilient infrastructure, better zoning and building codes, more air conditioning, or in the case of wildfires, better forest management or undergrounding power lines in favor of policies like the Inflation Reduction Act, aimed at reducing greenhouse gas emissions. To put it bluntly, climate science has become less about understanding the complexities of the world and more about serving as a kind of Cassandra, urgently warning the public about the dangers of climate change. However understandable this instinct may be, it distorts a great deal of climate science research, misinforms the public, and most importantly, makes practical solutions more difficult to achieve. I mean, dude, do you understand? I mean, this guy should hire a food taster, to be honest, because he's upending the, you know, the whole entire gazillion dollar grift. But what is he telling you? He's telling you the people 
that are publishing the clients, climate scientists are actually getting in the way of improving the climate because there's only one specific way they want to go about doing it, and it's the way that makes them the most cash. Money, 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 money. No one wants to talk to you about nuclear. Nobody wants to talk to you, which is, by the way, safer and cleaner than any type of wind or solar, not to mention that in order to implement it, we don't have to sell out our entire domestic energy production to China. We don't have to become dependent on places like Saudi Arabia. Okay, we're sitting, when it comes to fossil fuel consumption, on actual liquid gold in our country. We used to be energy independent before this administration came in and outsourced it in the name of curbing pollution. That's stupid! Use your common sense! And why is it stupid? Because we produce energy cleaner here in America than we do anywhere else in the world. Okay, 42% cleaner than a place like Venezuela where we imported from. So when we outsource the production of Venezuela, okay, they're burning it filthier, and then it requires even more fuel just to get that filthily produced fuel back into the country. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Okay, but it's not stupid if you're just running a grift, which is what they're doing. They're manufacturing a consensus on science by saying you won't get published. You won't succeed as a scientist if you don't agree with our assessments. Okay, that's a scam. But you understand the bigger scam is the environment itself because none of them care. They're not, it's not about COVID. Okay, people who claim they want to control the climate want to control you. And the reason they want to control you is because it pays really, really well. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the f- is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Kat Kamek is coming up on this show. She's a superstar congresswoman from the great state of Florida. But joining us right now, her opening act is in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Daniel's on the phone. Daniel. Hey, Jimmy. My man. Hey. First of all, yesterday you had that senator from Oklahoma. That that man, is he's on it. That, he is, he's quick. He's smart. <laughs> he needs to run for president. M- Mullen? Anyways. Yeah, do, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got we to gotta dial Mullen back a notch because he's getting excited on the show. He's taking a lot of shots at me for being fat. And uh, that's not the kind of thing you do unless you're getting a little, you know, getting a little big. We got to we got to dial him back. I'm striking what you just said from the record. But I get it. I agree. with you. All right. Bleep bleep that part out. All right. Anyways, on your climate change, Jimmy, listen, Uh I'm going to drop some knowledge on you. Give it to me. Uh, I'm not a scholar, but I have read the Bible. Did the Bible ever say anything about ice caps or Eskimos or anything like that? As far as I know, no. The Uh Bible says the planet was a tropical, lush place to live. We're headed that way again. It's a continuous cycle. It's going to happen. No big deal. All right? We can't stop it. Everybody can quit driving. It's still going to happen. Mm-hmm. The second thing I want you to do, Jimmy, here's a little experiment. They say follow the science. Here's a little bit of science. Mm-hmm. Fill a glass full of ice cubes. That's going to represent your ice caps, your icebergs, whatever you want it to. Fill it with water. That represents the ocean that the icebergs are sitting in. When that ice melts, tell me if that glass is going to overflow. It's not. Uh-huh. Uh, listen, the water level is going to remain the same because the ice is already taking up space. The Democrats, oh, we're going to lose our coastal cities, our coastlines. The map is going to change. No, well, it's not. Well, listen, OK, they're building a lot of oceanfront mansions in the Democratic Party. Biden has one. Obama has one. Is it possible that they believe it's going to flood and they're just taking the bullet for the rest of us because they love us so much? 
Well, they want the insurance money. <laughs> just trying. They're just trying to cash out on that too. Is that what you're telling me? They got yeah, Biden, the, Biden's got a Ukrainian insurance policy to go with everything else. Yeah, and the, and the polar bears. Okay, is there not one polar bear that lives in a southern zoo? Is that polar bear dying? No, I know. Listen, no. it, it's whenever they start telling you things like we're all going to die, like that's a pressure campaign. That's not fact. That's emotion. You know what I'm saying? And when you're leading yeah, but, from emotion, it's because you don't have the facts. So I, I'm with you and I appreciate you. But, Go ahead. But, Jimmy, what bothers me, Jimmy, is there's still people out there that believe it. I am. Yeah. I'm tired of the hypocrisy. And, and to think that I live in a world where I got a superpower, I can think for myself and I see through the crap. Yeah, and no. you have that same superpower. Well, don't tell anybody. They're going to put us on an FBI watch list. Uh, Daniel, I love talking to you. And uh, thank you for the fine scientific analysis. We're back with Cat Hammock after this. letting Bismarck key roll for a minute here. Everything's better with a little Bismarck key, is it not? We're at a watershed point on the show here. Uh, about to bring on a guest who is a congresswoman by day, uh, but she was forced to take on some actual adult responsibilities uh, after a hurricane hit Florida. And joining us now to talk about that recovery and so much more, superstar representative from the 3rd Congressional District, Kat Kamek, back in the house. Hello, hello. <laughs> And here I was, just jamming along So you say he's just a friend, you know? Just a friend. Just a don't ever talk to a girl who says he's just, I mean, first of all, it's now don't ever talk to a them who says they is just a friend. It's a new song now. It's 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Circa 2023. Yeah. But now, Jimmy, you want to tell us all about how many times you've been placed in the friend zone? No. Cat Kamek, my pimp game. If you want to go there, if you want to have this conversation. I am a legend. Like, it's so funny. Like, because I've, this is the problem. You need to know this. Very important. Whatever conversational acumen that I possess as like a radio host, as a TV guy, as a comic, I've had since I was five. So what you're watching is not the ascendancy of like a showbiz talent. You're actually watching the downward spiral of a former childhood prodigy. You dig? Like, like. This this is not a rise. This is a fall. A lot of people are confused by this. I'm not on the way up. I'm actually falling. I peaked around age eight, and this is the other side of that. Uh, the trials and tribulations of childhood stars, Thank and you. this is where it gets you. Thank you. Um, how are you guys doing down there? You're recovering. We are. We are strong. We're resilient, uh, but it it is tough, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, my district took a really, really good, good direct smack and when you're talking with folks who've lost their livelihoods their homes i mean it's some of the most heartbreaking things to to stand there and try to make sense of you know families multi-generation families who have raised their kids and their grandkids are out there and just looks like a freshly poured concrete foundation and the entire home is gone on top of it and even though they had done everything right Mm-hmm. You know, homes up on on the stills to you know make sure that they're not the you know subject to the the flooding and and mm-hmm. whatnot. But I mean, we we in addition to the hurricane had terrible tornadoes that mm-hmm. ripped through, and no one's really talked about that. So even inland, in the center of the state, we've had horrible tornadoes rip through and just destroy agricultural operations, homes, businesses. It's been really heartbreaking. So about half my district is really in a big mess, and um, it's. 
it's been really hard. Mm -hmm. But I will say in this part of the world, this is where you see the best of the best. I mean, neighbors helping neighbors. Mm -hmm. People keep saying, oh, is it the feds? Is it the state? Is it, you know, everyone's come together. But by and large, it's been locals. Locals are out there on tractors, moving debris, helping people clean up their homes and their businesses. It's it has really been a shining example of of what independent folks do um, in times of need. And so it's been great uh, to see that element of it. But mm-hmm. we've got a long way to go. No, I listen, I know, um, you know, and, and obviously, you know, you've been on our mind. We talked about you guys a lot last week and uh, we will continue to keep an eye and offer any type of help we can. Um, did you did you uh, console any of the locals by telling them about the time a fire almost destroyed your cat and your Corvette? Uh, no, can't say that I did. Um, is that not the most insane thing in the world? This, the only reason I wanted to ask you about this is, again, because you're dealing with this real adversity face-to-face head-on. And I don't want to get sidetracked with a Biden talk only for one answer, okay? Knowing that you were just there speaking to people who have, in fact, lost everything. Can you think of anything more mind-blowingly stupid than telling them about a made-up hypothetical story where you almost suffered a loss compromise to theirs, but you didn't? No, there is there is nothing worse that you could possibly say. It's like the most offensive thing in the world. It would almost be like being like, oh, I saw this house. It wasn't that night. Like, I mean, the most offensive thing you could ever say. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. No, I mean, and that's but that's what we've grown to expect. You know, I mean, that's and that's the, that's really, truly the sad part about it is that we have grown to expect these types of asinine comments mm-hmm. out of Biden's mouth in some of the most heartbreaking situations just anticipate that he's going to do something that is completely inappropriate, like sniff people and minors, or he is going to say something that is wildly offensive to the group of people that he is supposedly trying to connect with. Yeah, That is what we have grown to, to expect, and that's I mean, yeah. really, the bar has been set so low. Yeah, it's these aren't supposed to be normal conversations. Like he walked out on the Medal of Honor recipient the other day, and now we're having a debate over whether it was intentional or not. I'm like, the point is, he did. It doesn't. It's like the invisible people thing. You know, one of the defenses exactly. was, you know, Republicans are being disingenuous by saying he shook hands with an invisible person because he was actually pointing. I'm like, no, no, no. The point is, there was no person. It doesn't matter what the hand gesture is. If there's no person there, we got a problem on our hands. That's all I'm saying, Cat Kamek. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Um, Exactly. And and Jimmy, you know, this this has implications beyond just mm-hmm. the, the news of the day. Right. You know, mm-hmm. our, our adversaries around the world are watching this. Yes. People around the globe watch this and say, what the heck happened to America? And mm-hmm. some people cheer and some people get real scared. And so that's why crazy 24 cannot come soon enough. <laughs> Kat Kamek is on the line uh, looking forward to 2024. How has. Uh, the government response been uh, people for the for the most part seem to be given DeSantis pretty high grades. Is that fair? Yeah. You know, I I think this is this is really where you see Ron DeSantis at his best. Mm -hmm. Um, He has been incredibly focused, disciplined. It has been without question a, hey, we need this here and it's done. Mm -hmm. He has a a fantastic team around him. Kevin Guthrie, the Florida emergency management director. Uh, He and I have talked every single day and any need has been met. And that is really remarkable when you're dealing with such a big loss. I mean, it's not like one area got hit. It was it just in my district alone, six counties. So you're looking at not just a coast, but further inland. And it's everything from the power lines. And, you know, we had at one point uh, 
over 100,000 people, several hundred thousands of people without power, and it was restored all within a week. Um, You've got, of course, major structural damages and then bringing in places for people to take a shower, have a hot meal, um, the medical attention, the fuel logistics, everything from clearing the roads to getting the power back on. The state of Florida has been phenomenal, and Ron has been really, really focused. And I appreciate that about him Um, and very communicative about what they're doing and where they're going and what needs are outstanding. And it's not every day that you get a very good federal state dynamic. Uh FEMA, um, the the regional people who have been boots on the ground have been good. Um, Our local county folks have been great. But like I said, it's really the locals. The Uh locals have stepped up in ways that we just you don't really see very often. And I think that. That right there is America in a nutshell. Oh, I'll give you that. I, I was going to tell you, there, yeah. there there, are these triumphs of the human spirit that you witness whenever a community is facing a time of great adversity. And one that winds up being funny. Okay, it's certainly not funny. Okay, but I lived in New York for September 11th. And as you would imagine, uh, in the aftermath of that moment, everybody pitched in and did everything they could to help each other and lift up the city. And, you know, and there was this Absolutely. real sense of purpose. But what's funny about that is not the tragedy. It's that for about a month, everybody had an American flag on their antenna. And then on about yeah. October the 15th, um, we just went right back to giving each other the finger and cutting each other off in traffic. But there was this month. Yeah. Kat, there was this month in New York. I've never seen it. I saw a guy in New York on about September 18th of 2001. He put on his blinker before he changed lanes. I had never seen that in 20 years of driving in New York. I saw a, I saw a cop put on a blink. Cops give you the finger. It's New York. You know? Let's not pretend you knew what a blinker was. Come on now. You, you grew up driving in New York. You didn't even know what that was. You had to stop and think about that for a minute. Kat, people get mad if you give, use the blinker. It's like you spoiled the end of the movie. It's a spoiler alert. They don't want the blinker. They're like That's the whole point of driving in New York is, you know, you're, you're just cheating the process here. But it is. It's, exactly. It, is it a real New York experience if you're not getting cussed at and someone hanging out the window yelling at you? <laughs> you weren't really there. It was like you were watching like an R-rated film on basic cable and all the good parts were beeped out. You missed all the fun, <laughs> you know. Oh, Cam. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm listen, I'm glad people are hanging in. Uh it it, it matters, you know, sure. and um that it, it's this that's a really cool thing is like when you get beyond politics and you're just asking humans to be human towards each other. Okay, you realize yeah. what we're capable of as a country. You know, so all I'm, all I ever hope is that one of these moments inspires everybody to just grow up a little bit. It's that I say this a lot when I'm doing stand up. It's like we don't need a call to arms. We need a call to chill the F out. If people could just chill out like we have it good. Yeah. We're in America. You know, if we just play just a little team ball, we're all we all hit the lottery, Kamek. Exactly. I mean, it, I, I say this often, no matter where I go in the world, I always say. I hit the damn lottery. I was born in America. I mean, that's just and, – and what people do to get to our country is unbelievable. Yep. And so we lose perspective, you know, and we get caught up in, in – and in some ways I feel like we manufacture problems yes. because in so many ways we have it good, you know. Dude. It's it's like all this crazy, uh, you know, <laughs> Anything. dysphoria stuff Can- that, you know, is now like – Cat, we, the nation. We we cancel sp- we cancel sports mascots. 
Like, do you think anyone cares about the consequence? Like, we canceled dead presidents. Like, ah, a guy's been elected twice, been dead 50 years. Let's get Woodrow Wilson off the library. Exactly. Like, what are exactly. we doing here? It's like, we're, we have it so good, we're now, we're now going back in time and canceling dead stuff. That's the point. It's perspective. Like, you know what I realize? It's funny. I realized I was at the, I was at the vet once, and the guy told me I needed to put my dog on a diet. And I was like, how good are we doing as a country that our pets are going on diets? You know what I'm saying? People around the world exactly. aren't putting their pets on diets. In fact, some of them are resorting to eating their pets. Okay, but yep. again, perspective. Kamek, it's why we exactly. love you, man. Okay, for real. We, we, you speak, that you spit truth, as they say in the rap game. You are spitting truth, so thank you. Hey, and Jimmy, I meant to ask you, what's my rap name again? Oh, we haven't. Do we have a rap a rap name for you? Did we talk about this? I'm trying to think. I thought so. What was it? Do you know what it is? I mean, I just know you as Debrat, but it's not because of rap. <laughs> hey, hey, oh. pow! Oh. Take that! What was it? Did we wow. did did we say no? No, hold on a second. Let me just hold on a second. Did I text you a rap name? Where did we arrive at this conclusion? How did this work? We have talked about this before. What was it? Don't make. I don't know. That's why I'm oh. asking you. Well, that's, yeah, well, apparently you liked it so much. <laughs> I, I, I will. I, I will. I will look. But it's off the top of my head. I don't know because listen. I always talk highly of you. Like even when your colleagues are on the show. Um, but I don't know in my records that we gave you a rap game. I, I'm going to look for it now. You know what I'm saying? It's okay. Gonna, it's gonna. I'm gonna ask ChatGPT what your rap name is. <laughs> I don't know if you put I me into ChatGPT, but it, yeah, if it comes up with one, and I will text you back your own because I'm gonna check my files. I owe you this. We owe it to the Third you Congressional did. District. If, if something's gonna pick up their spirits, it's knowing what rap name I gave you on this show. So, Cat <laughs> Kamek, we'll talk. Thank you, Jimmy. You're the best, Stay girlfriend. Fellow three. For for sure. We'll see you soon. There she goes. Kat Kamek, uh, who we love. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. Stop it. She's the best. Because she tells you the truth. You know, when you're dealing with, like, the aftermath of a hurricane or a tornado or something like that, you know, good people just get together and help people, save people, you know, get, you know, whether it's a, a crumbling structure and someone needs to be evacuated or you're searching for something, whatever the hell it is, you know, the guys come in, the boats and the. You know, you find out who the people, the real people are, you know, because you, 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 there, there are these sad moments. Like we were here for 9-11 and uh, where, you know, the town's morale is just reduced to nothing, you know, because you're faced with such an overwhelming negative, you know, human experience. And uh, people really do in those moments have a collective survival instinct that gets them to band together. And show you the best of what we capable of as a country. And it's very inspiring. You know, it's unfortunate because you encounter it usually in a time of great adversity. You know, it never really happens when things are going good. Uh, but, you know, the goal here, as I say all the time, is if people get perspective, it wouldn't take a tragedy to bring people together. You just get out of bed and go, oh, yeah, we're like, we're really lucky, by the way. We live in America. Like, this is amazing. Again. I was at the vet. He's like, we got to put your dog on a diet. You know, your dog's got to lose five pounds. I'm like, how good are we doing as a country? that our pets are going on diets. You realize that? Like, our pets are going on diet. Our pets. It worked the dog out. Okay, th- really think about that. There are parts of the world where they don't have enough to eat. Okay, really think about that. They don't go on a diet, okay? Like, they're not losing weight intentionally. They're losing weight unintentionally. So much so that they may have to eat the dog instead of putting him on a treadmill. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth. Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
There it is. Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon. Talking about the climate racket. The Democrats are telling us the world's about to end. That is a lie. It's a well-paying lie. Not lost on my man, Rodney, who's in Tyler, Texas, KTBB territory. Rodney. Hey. Hey, Jimmy, how's it going, man? My man. I'm good, man. Uh, hey, go ahead. Well, you know things. I wanted to say real quick that I'm concerned for your safety. Uh, about a week or so ago, you have a call from a lady by the name of Lucy. I hope <laughs> you don't run out to her on the street anywhere. She might throat punch you. <laughs> but listen, I normally <laughs> I normally pay a lot of money to get beat up by women, so it's it's fine. Cool. <laughs> well, Lucy was upset. I'm yeah. telling you. Not a fan. Um, <laughs> hey, so real quick, um, climate change. I think everybody's missing the point. So mm-hmm. let me try to go over this real fast. What uh, what is the goal, the ultimate goal of, of the Democratic Party, a centralized government, right? The more power they can bring into the centralized and centralize it, and that's through taxes and other means, right? Mm-hmm. So what, how much power will the federal government have if they can tax carbon emissions? Yep. I mean so, – So what do, what, do, what do we as humans produce? Mm-hmm. We produce carbon dioxide, right? Yep. What do they claim that has a big, huge impact on greenhouse gases and the greenhouse effect? Yep. Carbon dioxide, right? Mm-hmm. So, if if Bernie Sanders also this goes in, in line with healthcare, so Bernie Sanders uh, wants to have universal healthcare. So you're mandated; you have to have physical every year. Mm-hmm. You go in, you're determined that you're out of shape, you're out of weight, you're producing more carbon dioxide than someone else. Mm-hmm. And and people may say, well, that's a little far fetched. Do not do not put it past. Listen. They, if you're if you're overweight, you're producing more carbon dioxide than someone else. Do not think <laughs> you, that you won't be taxed. You tell me I'm going to pay a fat tax? Isn't that body shaming, though? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that, Jimmy. I didn't say that. Well, they'll frame it better that. than that. But it's a fat tax. That's I've heard of a <laughs> flat tax. I've never heard of a fat tax. Man, yeah, I'm in trouble. Well, hey, listen. I, you know, I've just been thinking about that, and, and it's all about centralized power. And if, 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 if the federal government can start taxing carbon emissions, they can, you know, if you, yeah. if you own a farm, you uh-huh. own more cows than, say, another farmer does, uh-huh. they can tax that farm more. Don't think they won't do it. No, I mean, I wouldn't put nothing past them, like when it comes to taxing them. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure I owe $82 just for this phone call to you. There's a surcharge. <laughs> well, I, I, I just really think that, that, that the whole thing with the whole entire climate change it's not about the environment. It's all about power and centralized power. Oh, that's 100 percent because the, yeah. the way they're forcing the consensus actually gets in the way of them doing anything to actually confront the emissions problem. And bigger than that is the 100%. fact – and they know this. They're not stupid. Um, nothing we do matters because China is out polluting us by about 27 to 1. So it doesn't even matter what we do, you know. <laughs> But, but, exactly. But it makes well, for fun phone calls. For my call. Yeah, well, I'll hit the gym so I don't have to pay your fat tax. Thanks, Rodney. Have a good day, brother. Always appreciate him. The KTBB listeners always bring their A game in East Texas. But apparently I got to bring my game to the gym or I'm going to be paying a fat tax. Thanks to Rodney. Way to go. Put that cookie down now. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Boom! There it is. Back in action on the high fly and death defying Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Your home for top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. That's what I am, a port in the storm. It's a radio nut house. 
But somehow the world has gone so mad that we're actually the normal ones now. I mean, this could be a problem. I was not supposed to be the voice of reason. I'm a 45 year old man. I drove a taxi most of my adult life. I still play video games. I should not be qualified to host a nationally syndicated talk show. What the hell is the world coming to? I'll tell you what it's coming to, and I'll tell you why it's coming to it. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. Country is being run by idiots, and uh, I'm going to be honest, uh, the top one... Woo! He might be corrupt. Are you the big man, Joe? So if you heard the news yesterday, and we're going to get into it in this hour, Jason Chaffetz is stopping by. He's a former Utah congressman. He's a great friend of the show. You're all welcome to get in, whether you're a friend of a show or you're not a friend of the show. You might hate the show. We'd love to hear. You can call me up, say anything you want. Are you kidding? You know, anything. It doesn't matter. See me on TV. Comment about my appearance. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Oh, never. Are you kidding me? Me? Right now? Or, or ever for that? No way, man. Just chowing down and talking. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- look at you. I don't know. I'm actually, I'm, I'm technically speaking like I am losing weight because I'm filming a stand-up special October the 13th. If you're on the East Coast, come out to the Paramount Theater in Huntington, New York. All my Fox pals are going to be there. Very glitzy guest list. It makes me look a lot more established in my career than I am because uh, we're bringing out people that are a lot further along in this than I am. Uh, but I'll be there. I'll be having fun just like I'm here right now with you having fun. Uh, but the point is, you know, we don't take ourselves seriously on the show. We make fun of ourselves a lot. And the reason we do so is we're trying to create an atmosphere, as I say every day, where people feel comfortable disagreeing, okay, because we don't have that anymore. We have very few forums anywhere in politics, anywhere in media, where you're allowed to disagree. I'm a conservative, unapologetically so, but you don't have to be one. The only rule on the show is we're not going to sit here and listen to you bad mouth the United States of America. That's it. Just show some respect. You live in the greatest country the world has ever known, the greatest source of good the world has ever known, the most tolerant and inclusive society the world has ever known. We don't have perspective because we live in America. We're the spoiled rich kids who don't realize how much better life is in our house than the ones down the block. Okay, we don't know any better. We have no perspective. Okay, but the reality is if you are in on the joke, then you can, you know, disagree without getting crazy, without, you know, you're not my friend anymore. Mom, you know, that whole thing, because that's what's going on now. That is our politics. People disagree. Uh, the, the minute they hear disagreement, they just want to punch somebody. Never hit anyone in anger unless you're absolutely sure you can get away with it. Of course. Great advice. OK, but when it comes to the country, when it comes to what's going on right now, OK, you got Biden polling historically low, like breathtakingly low for an incumbent president. Do you understand that we had a Great Depression? OK, and the people running the country at the time had better poll numbers than the guy in the White House right now. Come on, man. Think about that. We've had a lot of unpopular things go on in this country over the course of time, none of which coincided with lower poll numbers than the guy who happens to be sitting in the White House right now. Biden sucks. And I'm not here to get you mad at him. I'm just here to give you perspective on why the country feels the way it does. We've got a couple of dueling narratives in play. Okay, you've got Trump. Who's hey, listen, he's just he's going to get indicted 100 more times. I've said this before on the show, but by the time this is over, he will be charged with child neglect for failing to help Kevin McAllister in Home Alone 2. OK, that's it's done now. We crossed the threshold. Indicting Trump is this summer's ice bucket challenge. OK, doesn't mean I want him to go to jail. Doesn't mean I think it's right. 
But that's narrative number one as we roll into the 2024 election. Okay, narrative number two, if you heard yesterday, is they are filing a likely indictment into Hunter Biden by September the 29th. Hunter's a dirtbag. A lot of Republicans feel like that's a smokescreen because this indictment would allow them to ultimately reach another plea deal, you know, potentially shield him from other investigations, use the idea of an ongoing investigation to deny the other investigators access into what went on with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. But all of this adds up to a few things. You've got a historically unpopular president who, despite four indictments, is not putting any distance between himself and his rivals. And then you've got this other in this other narrative in play now, which is that Nikki Haley, who was on the show last week for the second time, is surging. There's a CNN poll out today. CNN poll. CNN is the worst. But their poll, their poll has Nikki Haley beating Joe Biden by six points. Now, the reason that's significant is you understand these polls aren't out there to reflect opinion. They're there to shape it. Like you look at the poll and you go, oh, it tells me what people are thinking. No, no, no. They skew polls, okay, because they want to shape opinion. They want you to just believe what they want you to. Well, Trump's losing by 20. Don't bother voting for him. That's the point of a poll. So traditionally, these days, in this day and age, okay, where they're just there to manipulate perceptions. The media is a bunch of losers. Totally. But understand— Okay, when they come up with one of these polls, they're never doing it or oversampling in a way that will reflect favorably on the Republican. So with everything I just said, you go, well, of course, then Nikki Haley's beaten Biden. They must oversample. They want Nikki Haley to run because she'd be easy to beat instead of. No, no, no. They do not want Nikki Haley to run. Okay, they don't want Tim Scott to run. Okay, sadly, I love Tim Scott. He's been on the show. I found him to be really funny. He didn't have his breakout moment at the first debate. He would need one at the second debate. But there's no one on earth, no one on earth the Democrats fear more than Haley or Scott. No one on earth. Why? Okay. Number one, they're both very bright and brilliant people who are able to speak honestly about their experience in this country as both migrants in the case of Nikki Haley's family and as minorities in the case of both of them. Tim Scott's the first black American elected to both houses of Congress. He is a historic dude. And it's very hard for the Democrats to get out there and call him racist like they do it for six months because that's their entire battle plan. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. Vote for us, you're a racist. But it's not going to look good against Nikki Haley, okay, who is of Indian descent, or Tim Scott, who's a black man. Okay, so they are horrified by them because Democrats can't win elections without an overwhelming amount of support from the minority community. Okay, can't do it. So they're horrified by the idea of a Nikki Haley. And the idea that there's a poll out, a liberal poll out that shows her leading by six. That actually means she's beating Biden by about 15. And I just I want you to hear me out on this. Okay, I don't tell you who to vote for. It's not my job. I, I, I don't care. If the country succeeds, we all succeed. I'm like an old fashioned. I'm this thing. It's called an American We just root for the country no matter who's in charge. Like, I don't take any joy in watching Biden suck. I knew he would be horrible. Okay, Barack Obama tried to talk him out of running for president in 2016. Okay, Joe Biden served two terms as Barack Obama's vice president. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. And when it was over, Obama was like, do me a favor, don't run. 
Uh, it's Hillary's turn. Let her run. It's going to be fine. She's great. She's going to take us on, and she's going to win this thing. And that's what she did. And she got out there and pandered for the black vote, said she carried hot sauce in her purse. Hot sauce. Really? Yes. Okay. She pandered and adopted accents depending on who she was talking to. I don't feel no ways tired. Remember that? And called out Trump's Twitter account because the way he talks about women. This is not okay. No, ma'am. But at the end of the night, on election night, despite the entirety of the media, all of Hollywood, the biggest fundraising advantage we'd ever seen in a general election. She was left howling at the moon. <laughs> Perhaps the worst presidential candidate we've ever seen is Hillary Clinton. And Joe Biden was talked out of running so she could run. That's what Barack Obama thought of Joe Biden. Come on, man. OK, think about that. So we knew he was going to be bad. I don't take any joy. I don't take any validation in being like, see, told you he sucked because the country still sucks. I still have empathy for people being crushed by inflation, by people being poisoned by fentanyl, by crimes and city streets seeming lawless. People who are sending in tax dollars at a time when they can barely provide for their families and we're providing for every family in Ukraine. And you very much don't feel like a top tier consideration in your own country. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. So I don't take any joy in being right about this. You understand? But when we talk about politics, just on a personal level, what I take joy in, and you need to know this, this matters to me on a personal level, okay? I would give anything in politics, anything, anything for the first female president to be Republican, whether it's Nikki Haley or it's 2028 or it's 2032. It would be the funniest thing in the world for the first female president to be Republican because it would expose the fraud of identity politics once and for all. Okay, because if Nikki Haley wins the nomination, believe me. There's not going to be a big ceremonial we did it girls breaking of the glass ceiling over on the liberal side of the aisle. Democrats are so full of crap. Oh, are you cra- if I, when a Republican woman runs, I mean, they already said Nikki Haley was using her brown skin to launder white supremacy. Do you remember there's a special place in hell for people who don't support other women who don't support other women? Oh, yeah. Try telling that to Sarah Palin. Now, I'll be honest, not the brightest bulb. Uh, Sarah Palin might be one of those people who studied for a COVID test, but a nice woman at that. But she was treated like, oh, like absolute garbage by the so-called feminist wing. Well, you got to support all women. Tolerance, enclosure, the patriarchy. Okay, if the first female president is a Republican, oh, my God, they would lose their minds. <laughs> <laughs> It would be it would be the funniest thing. It would be the funniest thing ever because you'd have to watch the actual meltdown. Like women are under attack. This is really just a misogynist dressed as a woman. And you understand they can't factually debate Nikki Haley. They can't stand toe to toe with her intellectually when it comes to her support for women or children or even abortion. Okay, her abortion position on the debate stage should be the Republican Party's position on abortion. Okay, we live in a country where the states are going to individually decide their own abortion limits. Saying as a candidate, I would like to impose something that's a lot stricter than what we have, but is not an outright ban, nor is it a legal attack on women or the doctors who perform abortion. That is a tenable position because you can win elections with it. And you can show empathy for both sides of the argument. We as conservatives would like no abortion. Okay, 
states are going to have the right to decide this, which means there's going to be some abortion. In fact, a lot more than we'd be okay with in a lot of the liberal states like New York and California or Colorado, heaven forbid, where they'll go well beyond the 30th week of a pregnancy. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Oh, to be clear, it is garbage human beings who think like that. Bingo. Garbage. Okay, but she's articulating a position that will get a lot of pro-choice women to consider her. Okay, at the same time, she has real foreign policy chops as a former U.N. ambassador. Okay, at the same time, she is not pandering to an identity politics mindset of vote for me just because I'm a woman. Yeah, we don't need a woman president. We need the best president. That's what we need in this particular election cycle with the countries circling the drain. I don't care who the president is. It could be a two spirit rhinoceros. I don't care. Okay, for, go to the Bronx Zoo. Get me a panda. Okay, If the panda knows how to be president, I will take it. Anything is better than what we have in this office right now. Tell him like it is. Spike is in St. Petersburg Beach, Florida. He knows things. Yo, Spike. Jimmy, great show. Oh, thanks, I called you a, a few days before the last uh, debate okay. predicting that whoever had the charisma would win it. Ooh. It's arguable that, in fact, Nikki Haley won it. Yep. If if it was anybody equal to her in the subsequent polls, it would be uh, Rama Swampy. Yep. Uh, I think that DeSantis demonstrated he has zero charisma. He will not be the nominee no matter what so. happens. I agree. She will be Trump's VP nominee, or if he drops out, she will be the nominee for president. And she will win, mm-hmm. not beating Biden. He'll be gone. Yep. Beating the California governor, she will Ooh. shred him. She would, she would uh, kick his ass. And uh, to be clear, yep. I think they would give it to a homeless man who lives outside the governor's <laughs> mansion before they'd give it to Kamala. You know, I just, I like that you get it on Newsom because Kamala keeps talking about like I'm ready to step in. They're like, yeah, thanks, sweetie. Adults are talking. You know, yeah, yeah. thanks for volunteering. Go away. <laughs> uh, anyway, great I'm stuff. predicting she gets the nomination. She'll win the next debate big. How big? I think Tim Scott, Tim yeah, Scott will really come on strong, mm-hmm. and the ticket will be Haley and Scott, in if, my view. Can I just give you the spike, before, and then I'll let you go? If it's Haley and Scott, the Republicans will win probably 42 states. They'll win everything. So if it, It'll be a landslide. Yeah, it'd, landslide. Be, it'd be sick to watch. Good analysis, Spike. Yep. I'll see you down at the beach, brother. Be well. I'd like to see you down. Oh, Spike, hold on. Jimmy. Then before you go, let me ask you this. Show. Oh, well, really quick, right. before you go, how far is St. Petersburg from West Palm Beach? Or did I lose you? About 250 miles. Oh, on well, the there, other side of the state. There went that. I didn't. I didn't realize. All right, I'll get my geography right. I owe you a show. I might be down in West Palm soon, but I get you one to St. Peter. Well, Tampa or St. Petersburg. All right, I'm on the case. Good stuff, Spike. I'll there be- he goes. The great Spike with good analysis. Because I got to be honest with you. Spike says a landslide. If it's Haley Scott in the, on the ticket, okay. He knows what he's talking about. Spot on. The Democrats do not want to run against that. They want a white guy they can call a racist for a year and a half, okay? They want a white guy they can call a racist who doesn't have a hell of a whole lot of personality. Like, they're going to do it to Trump, but it's kind of he's used to it. He's battle-tested. He's used to clapping back. I got news for you. His take on DeSantis has been spot on. I have been very underwhelmed by his ability to make the case for himself. Despite the fact that he's a great policy guy, he seems to be a phenomenal governor, okay? But when it comes to winning this vote and making the case to like him, hoo-hoo, not the best. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. 
It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We got Jason Chaffetz coming up in the next break. I got to tell you, though, man, I'm scheduled to be on with Sean Hannity tonight, 9 o'clock on the East Coast on the Fox News Channel. And uh, we are talking all things Biden, America, everything in between. She, this story uh, about the idea that Hunter Biden and the 5,400 emails and the impeachment inquiry, like, it's a mess. But yesterday on the show, Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, oh, man, I, it was a truth bomb that I don't think a lot of people were prepared to hear if you're listening to the show and you hate Joe Biden. But he flat out said, hey, you can't impeach him now for what he did in his previous job, which means this could be a fool's errand to impeach Biden uh, in terms of an electoral deliverable. Okay, that being said, if what we're finding out is true about selling evidence, you know, evidence, access to the government, forget impeaching him. He should be behind bars. I don't think he's actually going to jail, but I think it would be really helpful for the country if we could get an an honest assessment on Trump, on Biden, and elections. Because the problem is right now, the last two parties that have lost a presidential election claimed it was stolen. Okay, Trump for a few weeks, and obviously it's continued into today. Uh, The Democrats for a few years as well, uh, with the Mueller probe and everything in between. And it's created a situation where, you know, if you're running a republic, okay, that hinges on elections, and half the country thinks they got cheated when they lose. The other half thinks they got cheated when they lost. It's not really like a sustainable business model for the democracy itself. That's true. That is true. So I think we just need, if nothing else, get past these impeachments and pie in the sky indictments. Maybe just a, an election into election integrity. How about that investigation? Put the rest to bed. There it is, Fox Across America, with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Country's a mess. i got to call in some heavy-duty backup right now. He's joining us uh, from the great state of Utah, superstar, former congressman, Fox News, multimedia fan favorite host of the Jason in the House podcast, Jason Chaffetz, returns to the show. Hey, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You see, i, I got to tell you, the, the connection between you and me on the Comrex it is so clean. It sounds like we're in outer space. You know that movie Gravity where there's no nothing? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, this is really great. Hopefully we don't get hit by space debris. I'm trying to cut cut down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you're uh, way above ground. Right now I'm below ground. So, you know, my odds are better than yours. Uh, You're in one of your bunkers You're in New York. You're you're in one of your... You've got a lot of hazards flying at you. Yeah, I was going to space. Space junk wouldn't be a top five hazard where I am right now. (laughs) That's Times Square, man. You know, that whole premise of the movie of Men in Black, like they're walking around and these people are really aliens. That's kind of what Times Square is like. Oh, dude, it's so funny that you say that. There's two things that go on in Times Square that always stick with me. One is the weirdos, as you aforementioned. The other is, you know, they have these characters in Times Square. Like, yeah. they'll dress up as, like, Spider-Man or whatever. And, you know, people who are tourists walk by and go, oh, I'll take a picture with Spider-Man. And you do. And then Spider-Man screams at you in Spanish that you owe him $85. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's such a... we don't... And they walk around without their heads on because it's yeah. kind of hot. Well, that's the point I was going to make. Chafe it. So here's the thing, okay? <laughs> there are little kids walking around, okay? And there's a headless Mickey Mouse sitting there. 
and it's and I we were there with Lincoln. The first time we took young Lincoln there, he was like two, and we had to constantly avert his gaze from what was going on because we didn't want him to see it and be confounded by it all. But you want to know what's worse than the headless Mickey is that Disney doesn't actually license, obviously, its costumes and likenesses to anybody that's like a street performer. So the mouse they do get doesn't look like Mickey. It looks like a lab rat that they've been experimenting on. So It's, it's a Chuck E. Cheese right there. It's worse than that. Like, I actually went up to one and I was like, I can't believe I'm saying this, but could you take your head off again? <laughs> take, actually, take it back off. You're scaring my kid. It's not good. It's true. The, the King Kong is pretty impressive. That one made me smile. This thing is huge. It is absolutely huge. But, yeah. yeah. They got some talent. They do have some talent. Um, Chavis, let's talk about this because you were the guy who started the theory that Biden was pretend running. Now, I don't know where we're at in that as far as your assessments are concerned, but I did hear a soundbite where Kamala talked about, you know, she was going to do some pretend presidenting. But is this an adults are talking moment where obviously if she inherited the job in real time? Yes. But is there any world where if he comes off the tickets, the Democrat would even consider putting her on top of it in place of like a Newsom or somebody else? Well, I think this is why behind the scenes they're they're. They're just mystified because Kamala Harris would be even worse than Joe Biden so on the true. ticket. And and electorally, in terms of getting elected, I, I just she's so impalatable. Just she's just not palatable. Now, supposedly she's going to take a month to go do tours of colleges and get out the vote. Now, oh that's a good use of taxpayer money right there. <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. I mean, really, because this is the thing. When you meet her, if you remember this, there was this expose where she they brought in five kids where she was going to talk to them about space. And then we found out the White House used actors to meet her to talk about space. Space is the most exciting thing you could ever talk to a little kid about. It's like bringing in somebody to talk about ice cream. The fact that they couldn't get unpaid children to talk to her about space tells you like she is a liability as a campaigner because she has like this really inauthentic vibe. So I kind of consider it psychotic that they would send her to colleges because I don't think people are going to walk away being like, no, no, this she's got it. This is the one. uh, You know, um, English and stringing together sentences is not her strong suit. She's she's not known for her ability to articulate a vision that gives confidence uh, in her leadership skills. And I think she's going to get some tough questions. Now, if she thinks she's going to blow into these colleges and not answer questions, uh, you know, she's going to have another thing coming and she's going to get pushed even further to the left and the the audio that's going to come out of these clips of her yeah. it's just going to be unbelievable oh, and if so- she starts giggling look <laughs> out america so selfishly i love it i think it's amazing i think i'm just talking as a strategist i think it's it's horrific it's like i mean are they gonna you know for that you know they have like the just say no week we're about right. drugs like are they gonna send hunter to speak at that like what are we talking about here <laughs> This isn't it's just strategically a bad gambit is all I'm saying. I love the idea that she's doing it. I, I want to go to one of these. Um, what else are they going to do with her? I mean, we got all the you know, you got Mayor Adams talking about how incredibly bad the immigration situation is. They're they're complaining about it in in uh, Chicago and, you know, problems. And, and she's nowhere. And artificial intelligence. Do you think she's like pounding the pavement in Silicon Valley to learn the deep, dark secrets and, you know, what could happen with AI. It's like, what else are they going to do with her? No, there's there's literally nothing. You're right about that. Like they I, I don't know. You know, remember when they had that Easter bunny interrupt Biden? Yeah, maybe that maybe they give her the bunny costume. I'm just I'm trying to be practical I don't here. Think she can, I don't think she can direct traffic. I, <laughs> there's a look. 
going. Remember, when she launched her presidential campaign, she was all that. She had a good kickoff, big yep. fundraising numbers. By the time they rolled around to, and I'm going to get the date wrong, it was like December or so, in California, she was polling in eighth place. Her home state, Andrew Yang, was kicking her butt. <laughs> can you That's Im- how bad it was. Can you imagine that? She's the home state senator, and she was in eighth place. That's unpa- It's unfathomable to think, you know? Especially in like an age of identity politics where there's like so much social pressure to say you like her, whether you do or you don't like that's that's embarrassing. Jason Chaffetz is on the line and uh, we're trying to have a grown up talk about Kamala Harris. We're failing like it's it's fun radio. I'm enjoying doing it, but it's hard to have a grown up talk about someone who's what she is. Um, let me try another topic, Chaffetz. Let's see if we can do this. OK, OK, OK. The, <laughs> it's I like I mean this. I was saying this uh, today on Fox Friends first. They were like, uh, don't you love this administration as a comic? And I was like, no, uh, because it's actually there's such a volume of ridiculousness. Like being a political comic used to be a lazy man's job as a comic because they did one or two dumb things and you could tell that joke for 10 years. It's like, ah, Bill Clinton hooked up with an intern. I'll see you in 2005 when it's time for a new political joke. But now they churn out so much content. You know, the guy left, uh, he left a Medal of Honor ceremony in the middle of ceremony, okay? And I promise you, no matter what the White House says, that's not in the playbook. You've been to a lot of these ceremonies. Have you ever seen the president walk out before the closing number? They have a band there for a reason. You're essentially giving him a bear hug from behind, and then they're going to say the closing prayer and the president walks out on you. And the voice from above has to say, please stay here. We have one more thing to do, which is the prayer. And then... You know, Kareem Jean-Pierre comes up with this lame excuse like, oh, it was right on script. They wanted to limit the amount of breathing that was going on because of, you know, COVID. What? What? He's going to infect his wife? His wife already has it. <laughs> and I, I, you know, that is so ridiculous. They're either they can't get their story straight on masks. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is the guy walked out and they thought he thought they were applauding him. Yep. And they weren't. They were applauding the person who risked their life in heroic levels and was due a medal of honor. It wasn't about Joe Biden. And he left the scene. It just I, left. And yes. it's like the fact that we're having this conversation is this like, is not the first time he's walked off stage inappropriately dude, either. He was at FEMA. The best one of these uh, is when he's at FEMA and he legit just walks away into the cubicles and the woman has to just go <laughs> get him right. like what's what's even going on here cuz he just decided he'd go for a walk now and it's like you i laugh about it but the fact that we're even having the debate is what the issue is it's like uh i i brought this up earlier today when we we say on the right he shook hands with an invisible person on the left they say it's not true he was pointing but the issue is not the hand gesture it's that the person was invisible you see what i'm saying it's like, they deal with this at nursing homes yes, all the time. Yes, that's all what I'm the saying. time. That's what I'm saying. So I don't I, I don't see like back to your original theory. This is where I started this conversation. OK, you were the one who said he was kind of running without running. So tonight they are rolling out like a really significant ad buy because it's a kickoff to the NFL season. The Chiefs are playing the Lions and they're actually rolling out a major swing state ad buy. Uh, and it is a Biden ad buy, um, which I don't know that you want to draw attention to Biden because the coin toss is now like 43 cents instead of a quarter because of the inflation. <laughs> but they're doing it. OK, does this make you more likely to believe he's running or is this still a little more keeping up appearances? Like, are they yeah, trying just... to dupe the Republicans into making a move so then they can counter with a younger candidate? 
No, I, I th- you know, what has to also be driving this conversation is they think that Donald Trump is the worst person to ever walk on the face of the planet. They believe mm-hmm. that he is just evil, pure through and through. And their guy, the sitting president, the, the author of Bidenomics, which they say is working, mm-hmm. is tied with him. Yeah. So they, they know that they can't sustain this. Um, they, my, the key metric for me is they have less than 10 staffers on mm-hmm. their pay, on their payroll. You wow. could go out and buy some ads. They got it. They got to bring up Biden and Bidenomics overall, because the, the 435 house seats that are up in this election cycle, the third of the Senate that's up, they have to try to buoy that up as best they can with some national poll numbers. Um, but there's no doubt that him being on an airplane, you know, Air Force One going overseas is a good thing. They can control that narrative. Oh, that's so true. A lot of like, expect a lot of field trips is what you're telling me, Chief. It's, <laughs> just get them out there. Air Force One, you can lay down, sir. It's okay. You can lay down. <laughs> that's my favorite. The work-life balance of the president of the United States better than any job I know. I haven't had time to go to East Palestine. I've been <laughs> I, so busy. It's so no plane could not have landed in Pittsburgh it, on the way to India. It's, it, my, it, it's my favorite thing in the world. That. He's like he's literally saying that with a pail and shovel in his hand. He's yeah. like, I have that time. I gotta, you think these sand castles are going to build themselves over here? A little here? sunscreen on my nose? What yes, do you want from exactly. me? Come on, man. Hey. hey, I got a bike ride to take. What do you mean? I can't go talk to some chemical spill victims. Oh, it's so bananas, Chaffetz. Not, I actually I, went to East Palestine. I feel for those people. I mean, for real. Uh, if I could go, you would think the president could go. But he, to say he, this accident happened in February, and you say you haven't had one you haven't had an afternoon. Think about that flight from D.C. on Air Force One and all the. It, it doesn't take, but you know. No, well, we like. I get it. It's you know he, he he. They didn't vote for him. They don't care. And I think a lot of times what happens is they just don't want to bring attention to problems. Right? It's like the border. You know, when they went to the border, what did they do? They had every migrant swept off the streets when he went to El Paso. Yeah, exactly. When, you know, when Kamala went, she went nowhere, you know, nowhere near it because they don't want to bring it down. So I think it's, you know, it's weird because they're concerned about optics and drawing attention to problems, but they make the optic worse, you know, by actually just not addressing the problem head on, in my opinion. But may, I don't know. Maybe they think it's working. I mean, he's only uh, he's only losing to Nikki Haley by six. He's only tied with all the other Republicans. <laughs> maybe they consider this good. Do they just want to cover the spread in Vegas? It's not about winning. They just want to lose by like less than four. Uh, no, it's and they don't know what to do. That's the thing. And but every moment that they wait now that they were post Labor Day, every moment that they wait, they're just burning daylight, not giving the new person, whoever it is, a chance to to gin themselves up and get them properly prepared. Wow. So Chaffetz is standing by the story that we will, uh, despite the 10 staffers Biden has hired, which by comparison is what is a a campaign the size of DeSantis's when he started off big budget? Do they have 50? Do they have 30? What's a normal camp? What's a normal staff? Oh, you I mean, at this point for a sitting president, it's probably Mm -hmm. north of 100. Really? Yeah. I mean, look, you got field operations that are going and, and look. I will give them this. I think the Democratic National Committee, the DNC, is kicking butt. They, they, their ground game, their ability to get out the vote, leverage unions, leverage the, you know, mm-hmm. teachers unions, and all that. People, I think they are the not-for-profits. All of that is miles ahead 
of where the Republicans are. Really? But in terms of an actual staff, I mean, Ron DeSantis, just in Iowa alone, has – and granted, these aren't paid staff, but it has 99 captains, one for every county, what? to try to get out the vote for the caucuses. <laughs> but, you know, so, you know, in comparison to what Joe Biden's doing, yeah, just raising money. Wow. But, you know, when he came out west, he came to Utah. I'm sorry, but we're not a swing state. Nevada <laughs> is. Montana is. These, these, Colorado is. These are not the actions of a serious man, is what you're telling Park me. Park City, Utah, love to have you, Mr. President. Go ahead. spend. Let's come on back. We're, we're happy to show you our beautiful mountains. But you know what? You're still going to get your butt kicked. You're still going to lose to whoever our nominee is by 20 percentage points. Easy. That is fascinating stuff. They're going through the motions is what you're telling me. You That's don't a, go to Utah if you're a serious candidate for president. I mean, other it, than to pick up some cash. And, and if you do, you at least stay to the end of the dinner. He probably walks <laughs> out mid dinner. They're like, you didn't get the money yet. And they're like, no, no, he meant to do that. They're like, no, I promise he didn't. You can't do that. I mean, be honest. Are we just relieved that he didn't put the Medal of Honor on himself? I don't know. I, I've always felt uneasy with that bear hug, you know, but yeah. it's just if it was a, you know, 12 year old girl, maybe he'd sniff her. And- oh, Chaffetz taking it there. I'll tell you, this this one this one really got filthy, man. It started off innocent enough. It was Times Square. There were Mickey Mouse characters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's, let's go back to someplace classy. So about those creeps in Times Square. <laughs> There is. There is a guy. There was an Elmo. I'm not kidding. There was an Elmo in Times Square that kept getting arrested because he was groping people who walked by. Oh, and uh, I not tickle me Elmo. Yeah, well, he was. Yeah, don't tickle me Elmo. But uh, I was I was walking by that guy every day. I couldn't get anything. I was like, come on, what's wrong with me? I'm not good enough for this. You know, it's crushing my self-esteem. I'm like, I got to go in front of a TV camera in five minutes. Can I get a squeeze? Boost my self-esteem here? Nothing. Nothing. Chaffetz. We love we, being out with you, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was an honor to be a part of the final Fox I've Across always America. Stayed, I've always stayed two minutes too long. Yeah. <laughs> well, today was three, so yeah. you're getting better. I'll see you soon, man. Thanks, Jimmy. My man. The great Jason Chaffetz. There he goes. There we go. He's the most talented man on the radio, but he needs your help. We all know somewhere underneath all of that bright color, there's a man who's not right. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Wrapping up the show with something you're never supposed to do. They say never take a live call when you're about to end. What if the guy's nuts? You're not prepared for that. Now you end the show on a weird note. Well, listen, we know the caller. We know he's nuts. We are prepared. Reese is in Sheridan, Wyoming. Yo, Reese. Mega equality state cowboy dittos to you, my friend. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. I'm taking a lot of heat from the people of Wyoming to get out there and do a stand-up show. Well, I'm just waiting on my tickets. Re- I haven't gotten them yet. Wait, now I owe you comp tickets, Reese? Yes, of course you do. How do I wait? wait How wait. much value have I added to your show over the over the past years? So. A- according to our there analysis, according to our analysis, you owe me thirty-eight dollars. To answer your question, All right. I'm kidding. Checks in the mail, my friend. Checks in the mail. <laughs> there you go. You send it to the same place I'm sending the tickets. I kid. Uh, Reese, uh, what do you know? You heard the show. What's the assessment? Well, here's my thoughts. At what point are we as a Republican, conservative, American people going to be uh, blinded by, like, like color cider? How are we going to... 
uh, finally say that, hey, the Republican Party is not racist. Mm -hmm. We we elevate every woman that we possibly can. We got some great candidates. Yep. Like, we really do. Mm -hmm. Between Nikki Haley and Vivek and... Uh, oh, if you're talking about minority candidates, Tim Scott. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no question. Yeah, Tim Scott. Listen. Like, at what point are we going to not be the party that's accused of being racist? Because oh. we all know that... Yep. The Democrat Party always accuses us of everything that they do. Yeah, well, that's the point. That That's the issue. Reese, brilliant analysis. And I'm sorry to lose you to what is the actual end of the show. Uh, but he's right in a nutshell. OK, they're yelling at the Republicans for being racist. They're running a group of multi-ethnic. The Democrats aren't running anybody. They just got an old guy who keeps tripping. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.